This week on the Stabby Road Podcast. Scientists. Whenever they couldn't afford Burgess Meredith. <laughs> they would go, they would go to a Cookie Steakhouse and ask if David Wayne was available to work. And they said, just as soon as he's off his fry shift, that's not right. That's so you can have him. They worked at Barney's Beanery on Sunset. Yes. He worked at Carney's. Oh my god. The Stabby Road Podcast is intended for mature audiences. So why are you listening? This is the Stabby Road Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Joe Santa. Welcome back to Stabby Road, the podcast where horror fans of multiple generations look at current events, tropes, themes, and common threads uh, through films of their respective generations. I hope I got that right. And... Very close. Joining me um, are my <coughs> illustrious co-hosts. To my left, uh, actress, award-winning adult performer, and comedian extraordinaire. Sonia Harcourt. To my right is uh, a guy who directs Sesame Street sometimes. <laughs> and uh, as well as an award-winning filmmaker, um, adult actress, and comedian extraordinaire. Rob Green. And uh, behind the camera is our illustrious uh, award-winning filmmaker, and um, uh, adult performer, uh, uh, check out his OnlyFans, uh, Stabby Tech. Stabby Tech Josh. There we go. And yeah. by adult performer, meaning I pretend to be an adult. Nice. Yes. Nice. I perform. Ooh, that's a t shirt. I like that. Yes. Yeah. That's a t shirt. We're all pretending. Okay. Um, the We are starting a series <clears throat> on Contagion. And this week, it's my week. And none of you can have it. Um, and I'm, the film that we're going to be examining today is The Andromeda Strain. The Andromeda Strain is a really old film from 1971, directed by one of my favorite actors, Robert Wise, best known for directing um, The Day the Earth Stood Still, which is my all-time favorite science fiction movie ever, uh, as well as Star Trek The Motion Picture, which is, believe it or not, my favorite Star Trek film the entire series. We, we have to talk Order about that off the podcast. Like, yes, I know. <laughs> we need to talk, we're going to talk about that over lunch. It's, it's, it's I know. I, I, it's, I am definitely in the minority. But, uh, uh, it's a relatively simple story. Um, if you've ever seen Night of the Living Dead, uh, it's pretty much the same uh, beginning. Satellite goes into space, comes back, brings back a germ, and the germ does shit to people. Only instead of bringing people back from the dead like Night of the Living Dead, it just makes them dead dead. <laughs> and uh, the uh, government puts together an intrepid team of scientists, uh, not cliche scientists, which was a nice surprise. Mm. Uh, and uh, they have to spend the next uh, 17 and a half hours of this film uh, <laughs> trying to figure out how, how the thing is made and then how to stop it. Uh, it stars... James Olsen Arthur Hill. Uh, and Arthur Hill. These are these are fellows that you've seen in lots of films, and if you're like me, it's like, oh, it's that guy. <clears throat> From that thing. Right. It is about uh, two and a half hours long and probably could have been done in 45 minutes by today's standards. Mm -hmm. However, having seen it uh, around the first time it came out, it was a very taut thriller where uh, it, was, it was actually quite suspenseful, and the suspense just ratcheted up toward the end. 
And it, that was my opinion. As and I where, saw it the second time. Yeah. Where can our viewers watch this film? If oh, they want to catch up. Uh, I, you guys can answer it because I watched it on an illegal website because I didn't want to spend any money. And you rented um, it. I rented it on yeah. right. You can't. It's not streaming yes. anywhere. So as of this recording, uh, you can only get it on video demand. We got it on Prime. Video uh, on demand. VOD. <laughs> it's VOD. It's on uh, home video. video on home video. It's three ninety. It was three ninety nine. You could do it also on Apple, and we did it on Prime. There's a you know, and pretty much anywhere that there are VODs, you can get it for three ninety nine. I personally believe, especially as these strikes are continuing on, mm -hmm. that these studios can put their library films up on their respective streaming services and not have to charge any goddamn money for it. The Andromeda yes. Strain should be that dusty old book in the back mm -hmm. that you just pull out and say, "Oh, I should read this old thing." It was kind of annoying that it was the one film this week that you couldn't actually yeah. find somewhere. All right, so that's four dollars, eight dollars, twelve dollars. Okay, I owe you guys twelve bucks. <laughs> um, just buy us lunch, cheapskate. I, 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 lunch is not twelve dollars. <laughs> never comes up to twelve dollars. Uh, so uh, the uh, that's pretty much uh, it, it. Starts with uh, the discovery of the satellite uh, having landed in a small dusty town somewhere in Nevada. Uh, they go, they send a team of guys in bunny suits out to, uh, to find out. That's what they're called. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, no. I, I, yeah, I'm aware. It's just very funny to hear. Oh, okay. <laughs> they send a bunch of furries out to get, uh, Like I said, I'm to pretending to, to be an adult. Uh, understood. Understood. I'm not even pretending. <laughs> and they find, uh, they find one living person who is an old, I'm, I'm trying to avoid a pejorative term as he is one of my clan, um, a, a gentleman who perhaps imbibes too much. Uh, and uh, a little baby who have survived inexplicably, and they spend the rest of the film trying to figure out what's so common about these two that has made them immune from this disease. And that's the movie. Pretty much. So I'm going to turn to the person least likely to uh, enjoy the film. Uh, and wow. Wow, the shade. No, it's not <laughs> at all. It's, it's uh, having watched it the second time, I was like, Hey, yeah, I can, okay, I, this, they can hurry this thing along. So anyway, over to you, Sonia. Uh, I, unfortunately, as I was trying to watch it, um, I was also working at the same time, so there was a lot of pausing and coming back to it and not super focusing, so I am going to give it a second chance at some point. I didn't dislike it, I just definitely got bored in the middle um, with a lot of the the science talk. And, and I like, I'm a nerd, I like science and, and learning. It, it just, it dragged a little bit for me when it was just in lockdown with the scientists. But um, the opening actually reminded me a lot of uh, Village of the Damned. Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of cool. And it, I liked like the first half hour, like the last half hour. Very exciting, very fun. There was some really cool science moments, but it, it was just a lot of, what if we try this? And what about this? And is it this? No, it's not. And what about this? And oh no, don't drop the bomb. It'll make it stronger. I, I liked, some of the character characterization, different characters. I liked Ruth. Was that her name? Was, she was, was my favorite. Sassy. She was yep. the best character. She was awesome. And I and I liked her the best because they could have easily put <laughs> some hot mm. Bond girl type, mm -hmm. you know, Denise yeah. Richards, but she's a neuroscientist, you know, type. Or of thing. even cast and, the same part and done it very plainly and bored. Like she was an actor. She was the yes, most character. She was yes. person. absolutely. She could have played it completely vanilla. Exactly. But she just took it. <clears throat> So when it's my turn, I have a story about that. Oh, please do. Just go. 
Just go. Okay. We don't need to take turns. Let's just have a conversation. So the student, because if you read the book, The Andromeda Strain, that part is a man. Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay. And the studio suggestion that they wanted to be a woman. But they wanted to get someone like Raquel Welch. That's what I was thinking. It was Raquel uh, Welch from Fantastic, Fantastic Voyage. Voyage. Right, because yeah. Fantastic Voyage, had, I think, had either come out the year before or... <coughs> right. So that's what they were thinking in terms of, you know, these sort of sci-fi thrillers. Right. <laughs> and Robert Wise is like, no. And so eventually when they came across um, the actor who plays her, I can't... Uh, her name is... Drumroll. Kate Reed. Kudos, Kate. They realized, okay, that's... Then he realized, okay, this is, this is a unique role for someone like that and, and she can be uh, looked upon <coughs> as a respected scientist absolutely you know again also at that time uh the respected scientist has to sort of be the velma of the group mm-hmm. you know she can't really be the daphne yeah you know and so but so which is of that time i guess understandable but based um, on the time yeah, yeah you know but, that, but that's you how ever she, see you ever see pictures of some of the nasa nasa coding women Yes. Man, there were some hotties. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. There were some hotties in NASA. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Possibly. It possibly could be. But that's yeah. the whole point. The, the the cliche of the nerd girl not being attractive. Mm-hmm. First of all, I mean, you said Velma. I mean, Velma, Mariana Gilligan's Island. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you there know, is there is I've, a definite preference. To do yes. And, yeah. And, Absolutely. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I, yeah, you're, you're, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Anyway, so Kate right. Reed as Velma. <clears throat> Was that the story? No, that was the story. That, oh, that, that was, that's, oh, okay. that's how she came about. That they so. were going for the more cliche. Right. And, well, I'm very glad they didn't. Yeah. yeah no, good on, good yeah. on Robert Wise for putting his foot mm-hmm. down on that. I, I respect that. <sighs> it's Robert. <laughs> Love I, that man. Did, did, was, did you say he also directed the West Side Story? West Side Story, yeah. He's, he's yeah. one of the few directors who pretty much, like from that generation of directors, who could direct anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm really uh-huh. impressed and, by his range, actually. That's quite... And again, I'm not saying I was bored because of the movie. It was my own fault the way I tried to watch it. It was very, I mean, structurally, it was fantastic. Visually, it was very lovely. Characters were great. I just, it was, I feel bad. I I almost feel like I can't have an opinion. I don't think you're wrong. Like, I could see it. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I, it worked for me for some reason. I I could see a world where I was bored by this, but I just wasn't. I I think if I watched, if I sat down and watched it and turned the world off around me. I would have enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. So. yeah. And, you know, he really did a lot of these sort of advanced kind of storytelling, which you don't see at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a great moment. It's a, it's it's both a wonder, mm-hmm. and at the same time, they use a split, not a split screen, but they, it, they split. It's when they're going through from door to door. Right. And, mm-hmm. they, and at that time, I wouldn't have ever expected that kind of sto- visual storytelling. So what they do is, on one side of the screen, it's them in a wonder going from door to door seeing who's alive. Oh. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. it would, and the other side of the screen, it would just keep every time they'd open the door, it would pop yeah. up yeah, yeah. of a dead person. And there's a great moment where they open one door and it's just black, and you're like, oh, there's nobody in there. You don't have to have right. them say there's nobody in <laughs> there, and they go immediately to the next door, and then there's a dead body. God. Mm. Yeah, and it's not even cool. a split screen either. It's no. a black screen, and there are boxes. The same yeah. you yeah. actually feel yourself being taken out for a moment. Yes. Mm. So it was a, it was a def- definitely a daring artsy artsy uh, decision. He also did a lot of the. Um, and I know there's a name for it. A deep focus? Yes. No, the diopter. Split diopter. The split diopter. There right, are, and I don't know if this is a if this is a record or not. So a split diopter is essentially a, a lens that is a, kind of split down the middle, which allows you to not only focus on something close to the camera, but then focus on something away from the camera, mm-hmm. creating a deep focus. And if you look closely, a lot of times there's this you see blurry the, yeah, the tiny sort of borderline thing. in between. Yeah. This movie has 149 split diopter shots. Wow. Yes. 
That's got to be a record. I'm sure it, it unless, must be. Yeah, unless the only person I could think could beat that is De Palma. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. That's so also maybe. kind of like knowing that that's what that shot is called, like a little bit symbolic too of the mm. way the organism mm. sort of divided and multiplied. Ooh. Oh, interesting. That just that's hit right. Me just now, I didn't know that that's what that shot was called, but <laughs> that's kind of where my brain just went. Well, I wouldn't have considered that. Because it's because it, I, I that I just take that for granted. Yeah, no, I've never heard I, that term before. But not that they, I'm sure that's not why they chose <laughs> mm. it, but it just kind of happens to lend itself to yeah. just yeah, multiplying. Still, that's interesting. Well, it seemed like they did that in a lot of political thrillers of the day too. Mm -hmm. There was always you know close up of the guy who um, needs to tell the president you know don't drop the bomb. Mm. You know, whereas the generals are in the back. Actually, this happens in this film, but mm. it felt very seven day uh, seven days in May. Yeah, um, you know that that kind of thing, um, and I, and I think that's first of all. Let's address the the elephant in the room. This is a horror podcast, and what about <clears> this <throat> film is horror? Here is um, the interesting thing about that, it: that we, town we being this... wiped out and seeing dead bodies everywhere. That didn't do it. For well, there, yeah, I, I think all three films it's, are horror adjacent. Yeah, more right. maybe disturbing. Like yeah, really. Yeah. Just well, that was that's what that's the that's, conversation yeah. I want to have. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, I had to really reach and say yeah. this feels very. It feels very THX 1138. Mm. It feels very sanitized. I it was feels very post 2001. When it started, and it was like, this film is rated G. And I was like, oh? We're yeah. watching a G rated movie on, on like a horror podcast? Coagulated blood and yeah. naked bodies. And I was like, this oh, This is damn. not a G. No. This is a 1970s G. Yeah. yeah not, not, it, Where kids were still being hit with rocks and, you know, <laughs> yeah. made a Rub some shit. dirt in it. Yeah. 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 Literally the reason why they <laughs> well, made we a PG and a PG 13. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, not too. And nudity, it's, don't forget. There's yeah, actual nudity there were titties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, briefly. Although the camera did kind, of, I did notice the camera did go on so, in that yeah. one body. I was like, come on. Robert, Although I, come on, dirty I do old man. appreciate them though. Like maybe we would stop making nudity something that has to be PG thirteen R. Like because we've had yeah. talked about this before. Yeah. But nudity isn't always sexual. sexual I think right. especially in this context, it like it, it was really no, certainly no, it wasn't. Be. It wasn't. Right. So like, is that an argument? I'm sure people be like, yeah, I don't want kids to see titties. It's like, but. That it's was a nice a sexual, pair of titties, though. Right. It was, but it wasn't a sexual moment. No, so I think maybe. That's, it was disturbing. Yeah. Jesus Christ, John. It was a long day. <sighs> Thank you. What does that mean? Yeah. I didn't hear that. I'm just going to not, I'm not even. Power gonna, straightforward. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to keep powering oh, through yeah. on the yeah. All right. Fine. Necro Josen, everyone. Uh, just, uh, so I will say, as a fan of, like, other titties. movies of the air. Sorry. Other movies of the air, like the Westworlds, the, mm. uh... Sterling Green's, the um, uh, Logan's Runs, like I, this was aesthetically, I think that's what kept me returning, like from being bored. Mm. Like the idea of a medical facility with five layers and each one is colored. Yeah, like, that was that cool. was very interesting. And then seeing them work through it with the process, like it's not a very character forward or even plot forward movie, but I think aesthetically that was what kept me from being bored the whole time. It was very pretty. Yeah. Absolutely, I would agree. Any sci-fi film that takes place in a facility where they have a giant number five on the wall <laughs> in the in the Euro style font will tell you yeah. this is futuristic stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's that always seems to be the default. Euro yeah. style number five. Though the film the actually takes and... place in nineteen seventy one, which is even freaky. Uh, yes, that's... it doesn't take place in the future. And, but right. there's a ton of like I, I don't know how much of the technology existed at the time, but no. really stuff that we use today today was, was oh absolutely mm. well Cri Michael Crichton wrote the novel yeah Michael Crichton as we know is the scientist turned novelist who is yeah. now famous mostly for Jurassic Park mm. um, that and was his Westworld. and Westworld yeah. that was his that was his big thing it was like oh I'm a 
I'm a medical doctor with a certain specialty, and right. I can maybe put a few sentences together. Let me see if this works, and yeah. the rest is history. Crichton essentially is the John Grisham of sci-fi. Uh, well said. So yeah. yeah, so like you know, you know, John Grisham, you know, has an extensive knowledge of the law because he was a lawyer, but also turns out is actually a pretty good writer. Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and one of those that's that's one of those he's one of those few people, and I'm talking about both Grisham and Michael Crichton, who can fuse the two together, mm. and not precedent one over the other, and offer an insight that. No one else and would that be you able can to. learn things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, although the the suspense in this film is largely in the information being spoken in dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah, he eventually learned to be very right. So he eventually learned. Okay, well, you know the whole Hitchcock show them, don't tell them, right? Kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. This was um, this was almost like a feature length version of the part in a Star Trek script where the writer would leave out the the pseudo uh, techno babble. And just write in tech, 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 yes. and then they give it to the science advisor who'd write in a bunch of sort of, which is a real job, words, real, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. So, and then um, they would use an analogy for your regular. So they yeah. they would go through all this, you know, like the dilithium crystals, blah blah blah, and so it would just be like, be like hitting a roach with a rock. Yeah. That's exactly it. You know, rather than just saying that first, you know well, what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. They, we don't. We could just hit the roach with a rock. We don't yeah. need all the Lieutenant Worf. Release yeah. the roach rock yeah, thing. Yes. Things. Yes. Also, I was the roach rock. <laughs> for a movie of the 70s, and I'm, go- I'm going to give a spoiler warning for The Crazies and um, uh, yeah, Return sure. of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. which we, we, I watched those first, and this was the last one I watched. Same. Having seen those and then knowing how bleak 70s movies were, I was actually genuinely surprised they didn't blow up the facility. Mm. I was like, oh, this was su- surprisingly a happy ending. As yeah. Th- yes. Even indeed. though this kind of had the bleakest setup. Yeah, like, really it really did. Like, it this was, was an most... impossible to defeat disease. Yeah. yeah. It yeah, still it still hits you with the uh, at the end, you know. It still showed <coughs> the the uh, the cell dividing and then hit right. that six hundred one yeah. number, which yeah, basically yeah. was the four hundred four of its time. Of its which time. Is also a which, very uh, modern way of ending the movie. Yeah. Yes. Too like that was a really modern way as opposed to some of the bigger endings you yeah, might see. Or, yeah. Or, right. Uh, I was very surprised by that as well. To yeah. me, it felt like they had to almost like they had to tack it on because it seemed even though it was a happy ending, it was kind of like a low key happy ending. Mm. It was like, oh, okay, we didn't have to drop the bomb and right. we yeah. stopped it and but, uh, yeah. all right, good job, good it job. It reminds me of. Um, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the 2011 one. Did you guys see that? Mm, right. Where um, it ends and you're like, oh, maybe maybe this is good. And then one guy coughs and then you see him get on an airplane and the right. whole credits is the air air travel map. Yeah. Right. And you're like, oh, we're all fucked. Yeah, In just like right. a very simple way. But yeah, no, it reminded yeah. me of that. It was almost like the studio maybe wanted a slightly <clears throat> happier ending. Like, let's not make it too bleak. Let's, the whole movie's been bleak, but then it was just that little like, what? At the end of just, nah, yeah. let's not be little... too arrogant to think right. that we've defeated. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. Just right. a little... Yeah, just putting it's... something in to let you know that, you know, you know, uh, uh, the potential of just, something. Just right. ca- trying to cage a pandemic right. isn't something that you may not necessarily be able to do. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I mean, we've always been able to cage pandemics. You know, so totally. that's always, this is not never relevant been, at it's all. It's never been an issue. conversation. Yeah. And I no. definitely love the uh, un- wildly unrealistic uh, government officials listening to every single word that, that the a scientist, scientist said. said? Yeah. yeah. Not at all ignoring them. Never, you know, yeah. that, that wouldn't have any uh, real world parallels yeah. that Michael Crichton was definitely just talking about the future in fiction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and the way that they took the Dr. Fauci character, you know, out of the... Uh, uh, out who? of his house, who that? That Doctor Who. The, what, what's that? Doctor Who. Doctor Who was not in this. Film. Oh, no. But, the, 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 well, the um, what, what, Hill. What's his name? Hill. 
I'm gonna uh, be Mark honest. Paul. You're talking oh. James Olsen? Uh, no, not James Olsen. The uh, the fellow who was in Mark the party. Paul? Oh, Arthur Hill. Yeah, thank Dr. you, Arthur Jeremy Hill. Stone. Dr. Oh. Jeremy Stone. Yes. Dr. Jeremy Stone. Yeah. All the Dr. male Stone. doctors blended together for me, except the one See? who was maybe a little horny. That like that's the only. Oh, the which guy was a little horny. The one who would be like, I can't. Um, the do I call you Mrs. Whatever the machine's name is? And she's like, you can if you want. My yeah, yeah, name yeah. is Karen. The guy who had the key. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was amazing. The Bachelor. It's wild yeah. for a movie in the right. 60s for the women to be the best written characters in the movie. And the most sensible. Right? Yeah. 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 Like, that was, re- that was that again, that very modern. ahead of its time. You're right. And really. surprising. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that all, the, all the male doctors just blended together. They, yeah. they kind of did. And, Sorry. And, you know, the, the, the fact that you find out later on that Dr. Stone, Doctor Jeremy Stone. Stone. Yeah, Again, those names. Yeah. You know, Doctor Jeremy Stone. You know, was part of the bio warfare yeah. department. Yep. Right. And so he like kind of had some the secret insight to it, and they were all pissed at him. Yeah, yeah because basically, and, and did they make reference to to Nazi scientists in this one? Did they even did they? vaguely mention you know so. I German? Know. I don't. Know. If they did, I, I may be confusing it with a documentary I'd watched this past week where they were talking about that kind of stuff. It's I don't like, remember it, but again, I'm there is a, a reference to that in another movie we're going to be talking about today. But then they're okay. That, I'll bring that up when we talk about that movie. All right, fine, because that that seems to be a common thread. I was also, uh, you know, old brain. Um, I just discovered the TV series The Outer Limits, the original one. Right. Okay. After never having watched it my entire life, because okay. if anyone remembers, that had an opening that scared the fuck out of you if you were five years old and you had a black and white TV. Right. So I could I could watch The Twilight Zone, but I could never get past the opening credits of The Outer Limits. So I decided to start watching, and every episode is pretty much, you know, uh, scientists try to do something and then wind up opening a crack in in a dimension or finding something in space that comes back and fucks people up or warns humanity that they're going to fuck up the rest of the planet and there's always some thread because it's only 20 years after the the end of World War II Mm -hmm. there's always some thread that one of the people was trying to do good with something that was created by bad people Mm -hmm. so there's always a reference to someone they met in the war so I'm I'm probably conflating a lot of that uh, with this I mean considering you know that it is only that it is seventy one. I'm surprised there aren't more references and threads. Well, in the seven, uh, uh, Israel was formed in in forty eight. Uh, it didn't really start winning wars until the late sixties, early seventies. So the American Jewish identity really wasn't a thing to be reckoned with until around that time. So the idea of bringing up Nazis as a connection to uh, anything was usually the um, the domain of Marathon Man or the Boys from Brazil, where if you talk about Nazi scientists in the 70s, it was usually Gregory Peck playing Joseph Mengele, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, whereas uh, because I think that there was a definite concern, are we going to offend this now, you know, burgeoning population of people who found yeah. their identity after right, being right. being a diaspora for, for so many years? That's speculation on my part. I'm just, just you know, adding the yeah. two together. Plus, it was also another, uh, let's see, Outer Limits was 63, this is 71, so it's only eight years later, but a lot happened. Mm. You had the 1973 war, you had the Yom Kippur War, you had uh, the Six-Day War, all of that happened between 63 and 70-something. <laughs> so um, Israel and the American Jewish identity were really at the forefront mm. at that time. So that was a heck of a detour. <laughs> no, I enjoy, I enjoy your history lessons on these. But it's because I lived it. No, yeah. I know. Yeah, I, lived, I was in public school during the 1960s and 70s. And I actually watched 
Jewish people start to take on the identity of a, a nationality mm. because they they never had one before, and it, it kind of with the existence of Israel, it became, I am, Jewish, not like I'm a uh, Romanian or I'm mm -hmm. I'm of German ancestry, mm -hmm. just I'm Jewish. So I, I'm just speculating that there was, because it was a very powerful you know political force at the time, and mm. and they were you know we were backing them, you know in all those wars, so. Um, Okay, uh, that was great for uh, this week in history in 1971. Um, Ford, we need a new one. We got the Forrest Gump of Hollywood, but now we need history teachers. So, I'm going to say something, and I may be the only person. Thank born you, Mr. This... and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. I may be the only person uh, born this century who would even uh, recognize this. A lot of the props were reused for yes. the Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman. Yes, and, and, and the Million Dollar, dollar Man. man. Yes. yes. The, the sets were. Million Dollar time. Man is basically a guy with a ride-on lawnmower yeah, who's, yes. got, who's got a house out in Suffolk County. A million dollar lawnmower? No, no, he's a million dollar man. Oh, he's, oh he's okay. Like, he's got okay. a big house, he's got a ride-on yeah. lawnmower, he's, yeah. got a, he's got a four by four, and he's got a boat. Well, That's your million dollar million man. Dollars. You get Fine, he's got two way. boats. He gets two boats <laughs> in, 19, in, in, in 2023 money. Yeah, yeah. he has two boats and uh, maybe a uh, summer home. Steve, Steve, vote. The neighbors have been complaining about the lawn. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia and Howard. Yeah, it's just slow lost everybody under 30. Yeah. <laughs> Let me turn. Over there, this is Totsu. <laughs> So not only, not only. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm writing all this down. I'm, I'm, yeah. Not only were the props from every six million dollar man, everybody in the cast was in the six million dollar man. Yeah, everybody in the it, cast was an, a villain in the six million dollar man. Really? It did. It felt yes. like a TV show. It felt like oh, a TV wow. series from the seventies. Yeah, James. Like, James was, was, was Columbo. He was a famous like TV villain. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. And he was like the actual the good guy in this, which yeah. is hilarious. With, with the exception of the massive sets and some of the more right. creative elements, like this could have been a TV. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I, I have to be honest. I always thought that it, in my brain, because I saw it on TV as a kid, I, in my brain, I always thought it was a TV movie. Yep. I can see it. I yeah. felt the same way because it had and, that, that yeah. dry, and it was David Wayne. David uh, Wayne who played the Mad Hatter in the Batman yes. series. Was was uh, was one when, of the scientists. Whenever they couldn't afford Burgess Meredith, <laughs> <laughs> they would go. They would go to a Cookie Steakhouse and ask if David Wayne was available to work. And they said, just as soon as he's off his fry shift, that's not right. That's so you can have him. He worked at Barney's Beanery on Sunset. Yes, he worked at Carney's. Oh my god! Oh man! After his fry shift. That's Well, you know who else was in this? Speaking of villains, you've seen the movie Curse of the Vampire. Yes. I'm blanking on his name, but the vampire from Curse of the Vampire, not Barry Atwater. I want to say Barry Atwater, but he was the vampire in. Uh, the Night Stalker. But what's his name who played the vampire in Curse of the Vampire I'm, with I'm William Smith? I'm looking it up. I'm trying. You have a staff you check it out. It's I'm one of those trying, things where it's fellas. stuck in my head. Well, while you're looking that up, the sets were, at that time, some of the most expensive and elaborately detailed sets, so much so that the sets were never, for many years, never struck and used again in different shows like Buck Rogers oh, and wow. The Sixteen Dollar Man oh, right. and, and just redressed. What? This movie doesn't... Uh, not, did I say Curse of the Vampire? Yes, uh, it's um, Grave of the Vampire. I'm okay. sorry. 
Grave of the Vampire. Give me Curse of Black Pearl and Curse of La Llorona. <laughs> no. Curse of the Grave, Grave of the Vampire. Grave of the Curse of the Vampire. Was it William Smith? William Smith is the star of the Michael film. Pataki? Michael Pataki. Oh, Thank yes. Oh, again, another guy. Another who's, guy. Who's yep. always, he's always the villain, but he's always the biker villain in every uh, 70s. Really? Yeah. Like, I didn't always know he was a biker or, villain. Or, he, he or the bad the... scientist. Yeah, or the med scientist, yes. or the the wealthy guy that McCloud, or or yes. you know, uh, yeah, he's uh, never again. They're all villains and for wife. some weird reason. Yeah. Hmm. Well, keep in mind that was Universal. Universal yeah. was just starting. Uh, Lou Wasserman was he either had just taken over or he was going to take over, and he saw TV as this is where we're going to make a lot of our money. We're going to sell our movies, mm-hmm. and then we're going to shoot shows and we're going to don't destroy anything because we're going to mm. use the same over stuff to over, shoot for yeah. our tv shows so that's why oh, all those shows okay. look yeah. used all and of you those. see the same thing with the props as josh was talking right. about and yeah and these and actors and very clever stuff particularly on you know michael crichton's i have a little uh, i'll get that in a second uh i love that whole um little weird vacuum form suit that you have to get mm-hmm. into yeah and then walk around and then back back out that was, yeah, that was get out. very clever well they're they're real I mean, right. they, they do that stuff. Like the but, jumping in. But back then, yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh and the whole, I never did, when they said use the bar. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is the best Jerry Anderson scene never yes. used. Because that was the cool thing about, all right, more old stuff. Yeah. Jerry Anderson, okay, for those young people listening, old guys, you can go pee. Um, <laughs> Jerry Anderson created shows like The Thunderbirds, Fireball oh, XL5, yeah. UFO, um... I was like, sorry, I was like, I know I know that name. Thunder what Man. other? Captain. Uh, Space 1999, yeah. Captain Scarlet. Yeah. And um, uh, in my opinion, uh, Jerry Anderson shows, the non-puppet versions, were, uh, the, when he when he did with human, the jokes were, he was better, he got better performances out of the puppets than he did <coughs> with humans. Because yes. if you ever watched Space 1999, Martin Landau's a great actor, but he is just sitting there reciting lines during yeah. that entire series. Uh, As a little but, kid, though, I loved it. Because I I didn't see that I just watched all these cool fucking sets these yes, excellent the sets miniatures and, and like the, I agree all, all like great premises like yeah I was like, gonna say watch your watch your territory show that's like his favorite show of all time well that's that's why well that's space nice. I understand space but I'm talking about UFO a UFO UFO yeah. the idea was well we can't afford even a cockpit set for the interceptors <laughs> yeah. so what they would do is they would have these pilots grab the bar and then jump into a chute yeah oh. and that's it and then and that was it that's and what we saw got, and, and then just the miniatures flying yeah oh wow. Yeah. That's but it was one of the sexiest part yes. of the opening credits because the say, opening credits of say, every Jerry Anderson film. I don't give film. a shit what you say about the series. I'm not I'm talking about you, John. I'm talking right. about anybody. Yeah. The opening sequence of UFO the yes. is one of the coolest fucking things. On fucking the awesome! It is. Okay. It is sexy yeah. and is fast, it's just and the cool music and is hit. Yeah. Yeah. Lunch because yes. I don't know this one. I mean, oh, I probably that'd be great. Know, but yeah, we okay. might. I think we put up to social media saying, you know, we're not going to talk about this show, but. Here's the uh, yeah, the opening yeah. credits. Let's, yeah, let's throw that up on, on Instagram. Too. And he okay, always yeah. showed he always showed scenes from that episode. Yeah, and that's we were you know name dropping Ron Moore before Ron Moore. If you ever watched the Battlestar Galactica reboot, mm-hmm. that opened with scenes from that yeah. particular episode, which he said he got from watching oh, Jerry Anderson yeah. show. So cool. That's the uh, Forrest Gump of Hollywood story. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so that when I saw that it was grabbing the the, the bar I, and then sliding into the suit, I'm like. I wonder if that's where you got it from. But, Maybe. But there's a there's a bunch of things in it that, at the time there was technology of like I still, you know like this walking around <laughs> the suit. There were other things that were only speculated of, and this is there's a lot of Michael Crichton sort of flexing on what he knows about technology oh, yeah, that we yeah, don't yeah. know yet. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like there, there's there's a lot of great predictions. Like, 
um, essentially that voice talking, even though it's, they say or it's it's a it's a recorded voice. That's Siri and Alexa. Yep. Yep. You know, it's uh, or the or when they have the fin- fingerprint scans. Mm. That wasn't mm-hmm. a thing. There was did. nothing. There was nothing to scan fingerprints at the time. Yep. Or being being able to do a computer to be able to do diagnostics. Body scans. Only, mm. only yeah. available now. Yeah, body Like, scans. just this yep. year, they started doing that with AI. Yeah. Or holographic maps. Mm. Yeah. Of, mm-hmm. of the entire place. That, 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 even that, even the effects technology didn't exist back then. Yeah. They had to use, they had to use a series of miniature and, like, mirrors and stuff to get it to look like it was holographic thing. Yep. Or using, like, the little dots to get in position. Location tracking. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, wow, that's, the, even that's a, Thing that I didn't even see in sci-fi for no. fifty years. That's that's very real. Yeah, now. it's a, it's in yeah. all our phones, and you know, yeah. it's yeah. Crichton Absolutely. obviously is a man who has returned to this time from the future. <laughs> that's <laughs> yes. got to be the only explanation. Yeah. That uh, he knows some shit, and he's seen some shit, and we're in for some shit. Yeah, well, he that's... saw some shit. And none of us listened. Yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> we just didn't listen for sixty years. Yeah, yeah. Because like, fuck it, now. I'm gonna make money. I'm just gonna sit yeah. back and make money, Steve. Let's make another movie. Yeah, because every time you see like uh, in the news, it's like, oh, we're this close <laughs> to cloning a woolly mammoth, and I'm like, did you not fucking see yeah. these movies? <laughs> Do you not know how this is gonna turn? Oh, out? Oh, I know. Oh, same. I'm, I'm yeah. like, Haven't you seen that has Jeff Goldblum? The chat. Like, yeah. can we not? Have we learned nothing? Yeah. I, yeah. Stop it. This was reminding me. I saw an article like, like a couple weeks ago that it. was like, <laughs> was like, oh, scientists discovered a disease in Antarctica that they're reviving. Oh my it's god! Like, what you the shared that on Instagram. I did. I was like, who the Put it back. Put there it are back. Not Put it back and enough. just walk away. There back are... out like Homer into the fucking... Yeah. Yeah. There's still dealing with COVID and monkey There's pox. There's not enough flamethrowers like, in the world yeah. for no. that damn thing from Antarctica. Just stop no. it. Yeah. And then they just discovered some some uh, uh, some green jade <clears throat> mask or something from like 10,000 years ago. Oh, God. No. You know? No. Was the god Loki attached to it? <laughs> but, and then but they're in memes. That's the point. We're such a stupid society mm-hmm. that they exist in memes. The memes said, put it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? no, nobody's smart. Just to, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The guy at home with Photoshop and his Taco Bell is 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 saying. You spent so back. much time thinking about whether or not you could. You didn't think about whether you should. Right. <laughs> I was like, somebody's got to do a better goal than me. You should. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. There it is. There it is. Find. Put the put the disease back back in the ice. Uh, it sounds like if Jeff Goldblum is doing, you know, a whole lot of love. <laughs> a whole lot of love. A whole lot of love. We're going to get copyright struck. Don't you, uh, do too much. You, you uh, 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 need, need fooling. You need fooling. Some schooling. <laughs> so here's a here's an back interesting on, tidbit back about on the Stabigil movie. Road. Yeah. <laughs> Stabigil J Road. Here's a little fun tidbit. So when they were making the movie, mm-hmm. and um, they were like, you know, Michael, would you like to Michael Crichton, would you like to come in and just tour the place? Uh, they assigned him a PA from Universal. Okay. Any guesses who that PA was? Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Do you know Steven Spielberg? Steven uh, Spielberg. Stop. Yep. Yes. 
That's awesome. Because that's about the time that he had the fake office and, and wore suits. That, you know yeah. the story. No. <gasps> and he said, Michael Creighton, one day I'm going to make a movie of Jurassic Park. He said, get the fuck out of here, kid. <laughs> Rob, would you like to tell the, the, the legendary Steven Spielberg, Spielberg story? Um, I don't know how I don't know this yeah, story. So oh, it's amazing. Yeah, he sort of conned his way on onto the Universal Studios. Oh, because yeah, I know the Harrison Ford story, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, the... he basically catch me if you canned his way into, into Universal Studios. And there was an empty office that he just set up office and just and, and just basically just kept walking in, you know, like, okay, you know, I'm your PA for the day, whatever. And then they Holy just accepted shit. it after a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And That's then, so, amazing. Yeah. And I, I, think, I, I think to the point where he actually, right? yeah, I think to the point where he actually ended up on payroll. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just always, does anybody, who hired? Well, that's the thing. That's the great thing about studios is no one wants to go. I didn't do this. Yeah. Mm. So they were just like, okay, I guess somebody did, and they just. Oh it God, must have been a glitch. Amazing. You haven't been paid yet. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. No one wanted to be like, I fucked up. Yeah. Let's just no, no. Make sure the kid gets paid. All right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, nobody wanted to be serious. Yeah. And at a great time oh, because, like we said, Universal was starting to get into television. So his first project was directing an episode of Night, Night Gallery. Gallery. If yeah. I'm correct. And then after that, they were like, oh, we need someone to, to direct the pilot for Columbo. Yeah. Wow. And then he ended up P- being Michael Creighton, PA, on yeah. the set of... That's fucking amazing! Yeah. Holy shit! Thank you. I did not know that. So not realizing that they actually had a, a somewhat of a relationship for decades. Mm-hmm. Everyone says that uh, the, the, the golden age of Universal was, was pretty much the, um, the 30s through the, the 50s, and the golden age of Universal was really the 70s, as Blosserman... Uh, uh, created a a machine that created content that went from in a direct line from the theater to mm. television and um kind of fed off each other it yeah. was it was a great time interesting that's really cool ronald reagan's agent <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh, i have a lou wasserman story and now another tale from joe senna forrest gump of hollywood so when I'm at the, uh, Lou Wasserman, uh, by the time I was at Universal, Lou Wasserman had retired, but he had sort of like emeritus status. So okay. there was his table at the commissary all the way in the back. And um, at the time, Tom Jackson and I, when we were at Universal and had a lot of money to spend and nobody was paying attention to how we spent it, we had done a, def- a an ersatz uh, sequel to The Creature from the Black Lagoon, <laughs> which was in the form of uh, video testimony from the last survivors of it. Ooh. So we brought in John Agar, uh, Laurie Nelson, and Rex Reason. So one from each of The Creature from the Black Lagoon films. That's they fine. basically gave testimony and they redid their characters. And uh, John Agar and Laurie Nelson had something going on in, in Revenge of the Creature. And Jackson had written something where they were going to get a little snippy with each other. Because and and they played it up. It was Aww. anyway. Rex Reason, who was in the third film, uh, Rex Reason was the typical jut jut guy. You know, was mm. really, but didn't work out well in the films. He went into real estate. Uh, he got what we refer to as uh, Nora Desmond's car syndrome, mm. which was once he was on the set, once he was back on the lot, it mm. was like, I miss this place. So he said, why don't we go to lunch? Let's have lunch at the commissary. And we went there, and of course, there's posters from the creature from the Black Lagoon all over the place, and it's me, Tom Jackson, and Rex Reason sitting there at the table. And Rex Reason looks in the back and says, let's leave Wasserman. I said, yeah. He goes, I'm going to go say hello. And we're like, ah, geez. So he, he stands up, and he walks, and it's, the problem is this is a visual <laughs> joke. It's, um, we're standing there, and all we can see in the back is 
Rex Reason enthusiastically pumping, you know, uh, Lou Wasserman's hand and pointing to the creature from the Black Lagoon posters and stuff, and Lou Wasserman letting his hand be pumped and looking at it and going, uh-huh, okay, great. And then Rex comes back, he says, you know what, I, t I talked to him about maybe doing another creature from the Black Lagoon movie. And uh, having me come in and reprise my role and, and broke our hearts. Aww. Broke our hearts. And he would, he would call it for a while, he was calling Tom Jackson like every couple of weeks. You know, can we have a meeting? Can we have a meeting? And it got to the point where Tom Jackson was like, I can't return Rich Reason's calls. Aww. So that's my sort of Lou Wasserman story. <laughs> and now we return you to Stabby Road, already in progress. Stabby LJ Road. Stabby LJ Roadington. Oh, I hope I didn't bring anyone down with that story of a poor old gentleman. Look, he was fine. He made money in real estate in California, so okay, that would okay. have been an extra. It's not like, you know, we found him on the streets. Was it called Rex Reason Real Estate? Because please tell me it was called Reasonable Real Estate. No. Oh, oh, we were, however, John Agar's last professional role. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. oh nice. So he, well, he had died shortly after he... Yeah. <laughs> Once he saw the footage, he was like... Urgh! Yeah, it was like... I did what? God damn it, I'm doing the creature from the black and green. I hope this isn't my last role. I'm going to be remembered for something else. Where, what happened to that footage? Um, I don't oh, know. With it, I have, uh, I've just started, you know, for the last couple of weeks while we were in hiatus, except for two weeks where apparently I forgot, um, we'd been playing some of the audio stuff we did. Mm -hmm. Hard to find some of the video yeah. stuff. Um, we did two versions of, of the Creature from the Black Lagoon sequel. One was that video testimony, and then one we got a little bit more daring, and we actually got the last rubber PR suit of the creature. Oh, wow. And we did a found footage thing of some commandos sent to the Amazon to assassinate a scientist who was using <laughs> vivisection technology for, for terrorism, blah, 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 blah. But these guys will get attacked by something, and sure enough, it turns out when you get cool. the POV, they're attacked by the Creature from the Black Lagoon. We shot it on the... Um, set of the destroyed laboratory from Jurassic Park 3. Oh, my oh God. wow. wow. Um, so that footage I have. Oh, that's awesome. And I'll, I'll find a way, a reason to shoot that, that, that show that. That was, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, would be sick, man. Tech Jake would adore that. His favorite movie of all time is The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Really? Yeah. yeah. Big Aww. Universal Monster fan. Yeah. yeah. Did not know that. Well, good. It's nice Aww. to see it survives to the next generation. Oh, oh, it, it lives on in Jake. Oh, Jake, Jake will single-handedly keep those movies alive. Nice. As well, long as he's breathing. Well, we were just as, to be fair, Tom and I were just as deluded <coughs> as Rex Reason because we actually thought that we could sell our Creature from the Black Lagoon sequel, mm. uh, which was called Hunt for the Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, which was basically that story. Right. But um, you, you thought you could sell it to not Universal? No, we thought we could sell it to Universal oh. as, as an actual film. But, right. you know, they... They, they were like, what the fuck? Was it in Internet, black guys. What, what? Was it in color or black It was going to be color. It was going to be modern day. It was basically going to be going to the Doctor... Uh, the Island of Dr. Moreau meets the creature from the Black Lagoon. A guy mm. finds the DNA of the creature and tries to create other Ooh. hybrid type creatures oh. that could survive in certain environments. You know, so there were shark men, there were lobster men, yeah, there were... All that kind of stuff. Kind of like the creature walks among us? Uh, yes. Very much so. It was like, yeah. how do we cross them? And the creature... Have you ever watched the creature from the Black... Uh, I don't from remember. The creature walks among Even us? Even as a kid, I, I remember being kind of silly. It's... No, it's dark. It's bleak. And the end of it. Yeah. Uh, should I blow the end of it? Sure. sure. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen it. Well, the story yeah. is... Um, what happens is the... the okay. The, the creature gets set on fire. Mm -hmm. And they burn his gills away. And what happens is after the gills get burned away, his his human lungs start take over, taking okay. over, so he can't swim anymore. Oh. So they have him basically, he's in a cage. 
for most of the film. And after a bunch of typical drama happens and, and he winds up escaping, he looks out at the ocean, knowing he can't swim. Oh my God. And goes into the water. Oh God. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry. That is so fucking bleak. It was basically film noir meets Universal I Monsters. I think we have to keep this away from Jake. He will be inconsolable. Oh. I, I bought him the, the, um, uh, the creature box set, which actually has a lot of fuck. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, you're gonna... I'm going to grab it and break <laughs> yeah. that disc. He hasn't seen it. He's only seen the first heartbroken. one. Now, he hasn't now, seen it yet. I'll give him that. Now, the creature, the hunt from the gra creature from the Black Lagoon footage that we shot did wind up in the home video department when they were trying to convert from VHS to DVD and they had a shit ton of VHS inventory to sell. So we put it on a mini disc and we packed it on the three pack of the VHS. So somewhere, if you go on eBay, you will find the three-pack of the VHS that has a, a disc that people are like, well, I don't know what the fuck to do with this. Huh. And it's got our stuff on it. That's hey, fun, man. Yeah. There you go. We're going to do some eBay hunting. Yeah. And right. that. Do we have any other talkings of on uh, Andromeda Stream? Oh, have we burned that away already? We're, we're, we're closing in. Oh, okay. Um, unless, unless there's more talkings of. Uh, I, I didn't have a whole lot to say to con begin with. I apologize. I feel like I didn't really contribute a lot this one. I well, I, I will say that um, I remember it being stultifyingly boring when I was a kid. <laughs> well, as a kid, because, God, yeah. yeah. How would you sit through this? It felt a lot more suspenseful now because I've also learned to. I've seen more films from that era, mm -hmm. and I and I understand the pacing and all that, and. Um, the, the idea of the techno babble itself being the suspenseful part of it. And, the, and it was a big film at a time. I mean, it didn't get buried. I mean, it was, a, it was a hugely popular film. Yeah. So people were starting to get used to sanitized science fiction. Like 2001 had come out a couple of years mm -hmm. beforehand. And Robert Wise, when he shot Star Trek The Motion Picture, famously said that he was trying to make 2001 on the back of the Star Trek franchise. Yeah. Mm. So he became enamored with with 2001 and it had only been a couple of years after that he did this film. So it had that <coughs> that that pacing. It had all, that All three films mm. by the way um, starting with 2001. Uh, the effects were done by Douglas Trump. Well, yes, of course. Nice. Yes. Nice. Now that is astounding. So I'm op I'm watching the opening credit. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm watching the opening credits. I'm seeing all these films. I'm seeing Gary Tunnicliffe come up. I'm seeing um uh one of the Westmores come up, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, these are guys, the Westmore family, of course. Albert Whitlock. Yeah, Albert Whitlock. Mm -hmm. So all of these these names of special effects guys, mm -hmm. makeup guys, visual effects, and I'm seeing none of it in this film. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, Westmore must have just collected a check because nobody had well, any shit Westmore on their face. Well, probably did the um, powdered wrist cut. Well, mm -hmm. fine, okay. That so was, you get yeah, the coagulated... A lot of the dead animals mm -hmm. were were definitely probably his. Oh, the animals. Let's talk oh, about god, the animals. Yeah. Oh god, please that's, tell me. Oh no, well, I was like No, they were safe because the in the monkey, wait, in the right? opening credits, that's another thing they, I noticed they normally went out of their way, yeah. Okay. It, they gave a full almost like half a half a frame just to animal action supervised by it named like three people okay. from the humane society. Which, yeah. So, with, so, so the animals just were some not kind of like sleeping gas yeah. or something. That's to clearly what they did. Okay. But yeah. I'll tell you, they the wanted effect to make sure was, that that was yeah. it oh, sold. It sold. Yeah. It was disturbing as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Because with like the we, rat, I was like, okay, maybe they just like got him to just like trained him to lay down. But yeah. the monkey looked so that he, monkey. It was the greatest monkey performance of my I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah. It was like heartbreaking. It was. It was. It was. He was terrified. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, no, no. Uh, David no... Wayne being the second best monkey performance. <laughs> All right, sorry, again. Also, sorry, I need to throw in the director of photography shot this. Uh, Soylent Green, uh, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, real highbrow stuff. Well, no, it explains how flat it was though, because he also shot Howard the Duck. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, that's that was amazing. my point. Well, that's. And Joe's favorite Star Trek movie too. Oh, that's great. Oh, oh, we shot really? This, yeah. Uh, motion picture. The wow. motion picture and the Fury, which also has pretty dynamic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Photography. Yeah. Okay. So I guess he's kind of an on and off kind of guy because Battle about, of the Planet of the Apes is not. I mean, that looks like a TV never, show. That looks like a CBS movie. Oh, exactly. Really? It that's does. At that seen. point, yeah. it looks like look, we guys we have contractually obligated to squeeze one more of these things out. Mm, okay. You know. Gotcha. Let's get Albert Salmi to, in a hood. And, and walk around uh, and, you know, because we can't afford all the crap makeup from all the, the, the face makeup from yeah. beneath. So we're going to see these are guys right before the bomb went off. Yeah. Mm. Right, also, is, isn't James Olsen in that too? James Olsen is... Is he in Battle for the Planet of the Apes? If he is, he must be in makeup because... You give me two who is seconds. The, who is what year did that come out? Can we... That was 75. 75. Because I think that's just when I was allowed to go to the theaters. Uh, hold on. Who's the bad guy in that? Hold on. Albert Salmi was the bad guy. Oh, he. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking James I Olsen don't was think he was. He was in Wonder Woman. It yeah, doesn't. Exactly. I don't think he was in. Uh, he was in Wonder Woman, the TV series. The TV series. Yeah. The, the Linda no, Carter the, TV series. No, the 2017 movie <laughs> that came out five years after he was dead. <laughs> Holy I shit! Wait a minute. No, he could have been. He died this year. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, James Cullen. James, James, James Olsen died this year. <laughs> James Olsen just died this year. Ninety-one. I was gonna Aww. say. He found out we were doing the podcast. He was like, "Ah, yeah, fuck, I'm, I'm out of here." Yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Before they do a planet theme, I'm out. <clears throat> Stab your own podcast, goal, James. Everyone should be on it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello? James, you there? Oh. Sadly, our guest for this week, uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, oh, God. what happened to him? He caught a virus. Boom, boom. Oh. Okay. Is are it time we, are for... we ready for uh, Smash or Slash? Okay. It's yeah. Slash or Smash. Slash or Smash. It does just flow better. You're better. right. It's slash or Smash. Thank which you. we haven't played in a while. Right. Um, well, their last few themes were not yeah, no, Respectfully, not yeah. And I think... Our next theme is going to be even more fun to play Smash or oh, Slash. Gosh. Oh, yes. I have a twist on it. Ooh. But I'm not going to talk about that right now. Oh, you, okay. next theme. The I next, thought you meant the next movie. Yeah, the yeah, next no, theme. The next is theme. Okay. The next, you oh, know there's a I'm bunch of the next theme. Slash or Smash. The next know. theme is Kaiju. Yes. Yeah. We're Smash or Slash the Kaiju. Yay. Oh. Okay. All right. No, see, I just, I don't, I don't like, animals can't consent. I don't like. <laughs> the Mothra twins, thank you very much. The peoples, the humans. Yes. The humans. Can't do the okay. Mothra twins. You they're literally children. Children. They're chil- yeah. No, they're not children. They're, they're, they're not children. children. No, they're tiny the little adults. Are oh, like, yeah. we're not talking about who cares about the people. It's a, it's a kaiju week. Yeah. We're doing the monsters. I'm not doing any monsters. I'm, I'm going to do the girl from Planet X in, in Monster Zero. If you think I'm not fucking... Uh, the giant robot from Pacific Rim. You guys are out of your fucking mind. The robot or the big robot. Are you bottoming or topping? <laughs> you, you probably should top. Uh, I mean, there would because if you're Actually, bottoming, it, if you're like bottoming, that's like us doing the Mothra twins. So, crying. Oh, I couldn't tell because you're behind the camera. I'm like, no, I'm crying, also. laughing. Okay. Even topping would be like okay, a well... Lego flashlight. <laughs> We'll, 
a proud sponsor of the Stabby Road yes. podcast. Or like it's a, or like a car engine with a really bad oil. Can we look into Lego <laughs> Fleshlights? I think there's a market for that. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, we are new Lego <laughs> Fleshlights. There are people who'd be into it, and yeah. you can't kink shame them. You know? yeah, we no, are moving yeah. on. Let's play. That'd be heck of a, heck of a very, set, you know? Very, very oh my god, keeping you guys on road is insane. Okay. sorry, thank you. James Olsen. Which one? This one. Uh, if, if I if I flip, I gotta go with guys with hair. So yeah. I think I'd smash. smash. I think smash. I gotta smash. Sorry. Really? Okay. I'm, I'm, of all of them, I'm going smash. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna smash. Yeah. Arthur Hill. Hold on, I'm pulling up a picture. Yeah. Right. We, Thank you. I know, I know, I know. This Dr. guy. Dr. Jeremy Stone. Um, you know what? Smash. Oh, we'll smash. My, really? my, I would smash. Really? Yeah. yeah, he's of all that crew of okay. the males. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Charles Dutton, who I'm pulling up a picture. Hold no, on. no, no, that's David Wayne. Charles Dutton is a complete. He plays a character. Charles Dutton. Dutton is the character. Right. The character David Wayne. Wayne. The actual actor Charles Dutton Batman. was was the guy in uh, Alien Three. Who I oh, that's met. funny. Right. Uh, slash. Yeah, slash. Slash. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of slashing going on here. Oh well, Ruth. I Kate mean, Reed. Ruth. Smash. I, I like her. Smash, I would smash mommy. Her. Smash. She has to be dressed like Velma. Not even no. No. Paula Kelly. Smash. Oh, oh yeah. God, She's, smash so yeah. hard. Smash, definitely smash. So um, smash. Yeah, there's not really anybody. There's else. nobody else. Yeah. Well, this is that that one woman who when he's he's got the germs. Oh, that yeah. one. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, the producer's girlfriend. Yes, probably, exactly. You know? He's got the. Is that okay? I don't even see her. Yeah. Yeah, it was just no. a lot of extras and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, that was the main. That was All right. That, so, that was about an even split, actually. Yeah, yeah. a good smash or slash smash. So that's pretty much, uh, you know, the it for the Andromeda strain. It's glad yeah. to, I'm glad to hear that you know nobody hated. It. No, no, no I, I, I would absolutely was, watch this again, and I would recommend it. It yeah. was it was I dry. I want to rewatch and give it another shot where I can actually pay attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah, cool. So, so. Uh, and then next week uh, we're going to be doing Return of the Living Dead. That's right. So Hell we're going yeah. to go from with yes. definite switch in tone. Yes, between yes. this film and Return of the Living mm -hmm. Dead. And then so another rapid switch in tone. Yes, yeah. the third one. Yes, yeah. the third one going to be, we, we might as well talk about it. Yeah. Stay tuned for the rest of the series of yes. Uncontagion, Return of the Living Dead next week, and then the week after that we're covering the remake of George crazy. Romero's The Crazies. The crazies. Yeah. Yep. I can't yeah. wait to talk about it. Okay. I literally am the one who suggested this theme so that I could cover The Crazies. Oh, nice. oh then I'm good. extra I'm good. interested. I was, okay. like, I was like, can we so. do Contagion so that I can talk about this movie, please? Okay. So since we're wrapping up, I'm going to leave it to Rob to take us out so, as always. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to another great episode of the Stabby Road Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on all social medias, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And don't forget to like and subscribe our YouTube channel. We're on TikTok? Yes, yes we, we are on TikTok. Oh, we're we're taking it. Some of our videos it. got taken down. Yes, oh, really? Did. Oh, yeah. my God, really? Why? Mm -hmm. I don't know, because when I went to save them to re-upload to um, uh, Twitter Instagram. and Insta for, yeah. like, Stabby Sunday, there were a bunch. I was like, where? Is oh, the... interesting. So we well, might have to try to put them up. We'll see. Yeah. Right. And don't forget, if you want to watch Andromeda Strain, you can watch it on Video On Demand or VOD uh, for three ninety nine. As of this recording, hopefully things may change. You may see it actually on stream. Or just buy the physical medium. Or buy the physical medium. Just yep. go find it illegally online, man. Universal <laughs> yeah. is not yeah. hurting. Do not. Can we... Universal is not responsible for the <laughs> Can we, can we clip that so we that we can just throw that under that. multiple yeah. things? Yep. All right, so, so on behalf of all of us, my name is Rob Graydon. I'm Joe Senna. I'm Sonia Harcourt. I'm Stabby Tech Josh. And thank, thank you, you for, for taking, taking a stream down, down the Stabby Andromeda. Andromeda.
whole lot of love. A whole lot of love. A whole lot of love. Steve, the lawn's done. The Stabby Road Podcast is a production of Fourth Castle Micromedia, copyright 2023. Production facilities provided by Eric Todd Photography, LLC. See you next week.